I was walking along, I got up past three roots and then I actually jumped out my skin because a man jumped out the lake at me. I absolutely, absolutely bricked it. Um, but it wasn't a man, it was me hallucinating. It was basically a strategically placed bush. The wind had blown a wave in. And because of my, my lack of sleep, there was, there was a bit of hallucination there. And I thought it was a man jumping out of the lake at me. Hello and welcome to Hurdles. This episode is part four of an extreme sports mini-series where I have a selection of experienced athletes that are going to shine the light on their extreme sport. Hurdles discusses the physical, mental and emotional hurdles that successful people need to overcome. I shall question and delve into their mindset which allowed them to achieve, allowing you, the listener, to relate. 1,418 kilometres of ultra-competition Marcus Pletus is an ultra runner who has the incredible ability to change his emotions using neuro-linguistic programming. This allows him to navigate through the highs and lows that come with ultra running. If you are heading out for your run, then this is the perfect pod for you. Don't forget to follow Hurdles on at Hurdles Podcast and let's get started. 1,418 kilometres. That's not too bad, is it? No, that's cool. That's awesome. That's good to know that. 1,400. Yeah. I have to remember that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep adding to it. Get you know, two thousand by the end of next year. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Well, with the dragons it. back, I'll be, I'll be very, very close. I'll probably get over it back. But yeah, Fair see enough. how we go. Yeah. <laughs> so then, Marcus, yeah. what would be greatness in your eyes? Um, the yeah, I mean that's a that's difficult. We all see greatness as um. People climbing big mountains, you know, climbing Everest, or uh, competing sort of uh, uh, massive events across the Antarctic, you know, with with, with bars of you know, frozen peanuts and you know, things like that. But I, I, to be honest, I think um, everyone's great in their own way. Um, we can't all climb mountains and trips tra- tra- across the Antarctic, but uh, I think in our own way, overcoming um, you know, an illness and running your first ten k, for example. Um, you know, is, is is great because you know that's something that possibly in that person's life was never possible, and then they get out and do it. Um, and people just who who face everyday uh, problems um, uh, and adversities, I think that they can overcome those on a daily basis. I mean, that's great because you know it's in, in this kind of world you've got to keep progressing, you've got to keep surviving from day to day. And some of us get out and do these massive events, and, and other people just have to survive day to day, and then. You know, where the next, next food's coming from and to support the family. And I think that's great. So we're all great in our own way. It's, it's just it's just sort of our perceptions of it, really. Yeah, we no. see it in our society. Yeah. I definitely agree. And yeah, people always see greatness by achievements. And I was chatting to uh, Richie Lovett, who was on my last episode, who was a professional surfer and won a world championship. And he was diagnosed with cancer and had to have his hip and his femur completely restructured and it's prosthetic hip. And he said that when he was young, his only achievements and his only way of measuring greatness and success was with titles and with championship wins. And then he said, when he's come through that cancer and his mindset's changed and he said he's close to 50 now, he defined greatness by, as you said then, just doing the best you can and doing what you're capably capable of and absolutely yeah yeah 
And yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. And he also then went on to say that greatness isn't just measured through physical successes. It's also such a mental thing. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you're both on the same page. Yeah. We, we all, we all, all of us sit on mountains of potential. Um, you know, we all have, we all have hopes, goals and dreams, but um, it's, it's taking the steps to realise those. Um, and it, a lot of it's getting out of your comfort zone and, and doing things you've never done before, overcoming fears and, and barriers and, and, and hurdles and things to, to really um, start that process. Um, you know, a lot of us don't know where to start, but if you can just make a start, usually that sort of the next, that next step will come as a matter of course, but to make that start, you know, is, you know, a lot of people, I suppose, in, in that situation, if, you know, it, become paralyzed or, you know, you, it's very easy to sort of get depressed and, and, and down on things and, and see your life is over. But there's uh, this great opportunity. A friend of ours in, in New Zealand, um, her brother uh, was in Afghanistan and uh, got two of his legs blown off below the knee. And he went on to represent um, uh, Great Britain in the Paralympics. So, you know, there's opportunities everywhere. I mean, we, life doesn't go the way we want it to go all the time. You just have to make the opportunities of what you've got and what you can do and, and overcome the fear and get out and do it. And, and that, that, that is great. If you do that, that's greatness to me. Yeah, certainly. And once you've got out and done it, then it's addictive then because it's just climbing that first hurdle that's the hardest part. And then from then on in, it gets easier as you get momentum and your mindset changes. And yeah, you can hopefully go on exactly. to achieve greatness. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That'd be true, yeah. So what do you think has been your greatest achievement? You obviously write your book and you had your business and you've done some crazy, yeah. crazy events, including 100 milers. What would you say has been your greatest achievement? I think, uh, I, I mean, on a non-sporting, I think it's getting my book, book published. I mean, I wrote that when I was 12 in a scrapbook. Um, and I kept that scrapbook and it went with me everywhere for some reason. You know, it wasn't a conscious decision to take it. I even took it to New Zealand. Why? I do not know because it was just a 12-year-old writes pencil writings in a scrapbook. And that came to New Zealand. Of all the stuff I, I left behind, I took that, and I spent the next year and a half um, rewriting that and uh, ended up getting it published. And I think it's still today on Amazon. So to me, that was, that was a dream to get that published. Um, and since then, I've written book two and half of book three. But of course, life gets in the way of many things like running and and family and things so it's that's all on the backbone it's still there and it's still being done but no that's what i think that's my, my greatest achievement is getting that done because it's something i've wanted to do ever since i was a wee boy um but apart from that and the sporting event i think the this the snowden snowden 100 is 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 pretty pretty out, out there definitely because oh uh, that was in the back of a dnf on the jurassic coast 100 uh credit to you and once again then you said that your greatest achievement was was writing your book and that was something that you did at the age of 12 and it just shows that from that age you have your dreams and if you keep working hard towards them and you prioritize the right things and you have the right mindset then, then you can always achieve those dreams and and remember the ultra running as well 100 miles is is just incredible and such a great achievement and like once again when you were younger, you'd think, oh, that would be cool. But when you're young, as you say, you, you do your sprints and you do your 200 metres and then anything among that, I think you think, oh, gosh, maybe not. But the fact that you've managed to, as you say in your definition of greatness, take things day by day, bit by bit, 
and build up and build up and build up. The fact that you managed to do a hundred miles in the end is uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, it, it's as a kid, you know, I was in the scouts as well, and it was always the the adventure. There was always that yearning for getting out and having adventures and, and you know doing these things. They are sort of adventures, but you're pushing your sort of mind and your body to to the limits. But which is kind of what you know, it's it's a sort of thing is built in all of us to to, to see where our potential can take us. And for me, that's still an ongoing thing because I want to see, you know, I want to be better and, and do these events and see if I can. Because I know there's more in me, but, you know, you, you kind of know there is, but it's tapping into it um, is, is, is the key. Yeah, no, they also they also are excellent. And, yeah, definitely something I'll have to look into in the future. <laughs> definitely go for it. <laughs> so have you always been a runner? Uh, I think so. I think, I think, I think it's, it's kind of in my soul, I think. I mean, my parents got me into all sorts of things when I was a kid. You know, it's fantastic doing horse riding and uh, kayaking and scouts and things. But um, no, I, I've, I, yeah, and then there was a bit of county cross country as well um, later on as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've always loved running. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's in all of us to a certain extent, I think. But, you know, I just held on to it. Definitely. No, I got on you. And it, it takes a, a real passion and a real mentality to keep hold of it because it's never easy I mean as you said then you're just running 800 meters then but to progress that into what you have is once again a, a great achievement um so you then moved to New Zealand and your interest and in development in ultra running really really peaked and your first ultra was the Kepler challenge how did you feel yeah. going into that how did you prepare oh uh, that, that was um that was kind of a dream. It was, um, I mean, I wasn't, so I, I was just sort of, I was still a runner then. I wasn't really doing much running, but I got there and just seeing the environment, the trails and the mountains was fantastic. So it was an opportunity to get out and have adventures. And just one day in a place called Tiana, where the, uh, the Kepler Challenge is, is held in the, in the, um, in the event center there, they had a, a, a sort of a, a, a tourist open day and they were advertising the Kepler Challenge. So, do you fancy doing a, a marathon and a half through the mountains? It's one of the it's one of the original sort of ultra events, and so I thought I signed signed up. But it was really hard. You've really got to be on the ball with everything filled in online. Just as soon as it goes live, you've got to tap that button. You're lucky if you get in. And I managed to get in the first time I tried, so it was really good. And uh, yeah, I remember my first book. It was a um, marathon running for mortals, and I took the marathon running plan out the back of that, adapted it to. You know, 60k. So I just you know, had a, bit more, a few more weeks on and a few more, few more k's here and there, and um, adapted that. And it was it's just a case of um, going to the gym and focusing on some strength and conditioning. I did that before work as a landscaper, um, and then I'd come home and do an hour and a half, two hour run through the trails. And uh, it's, it's great fun. Yeah, it's a lovely environment to do it. But um, I think the landscaping helped as well because that's sort of you know you're doing physical work and that helps during the day. You're on your feet all day, so. It all helps. So, it's, uh, so physically, it was. I prepared pretty well for it. I wanted to do. I think I was quite confident I could do around six, but I ended up doing seven hours four minutes. But still, fifty seconds out of four hundred, I was pretty chuffed with that. <laughs> not bad for my first one. No, that's not bad for sixty kilometers. And as you said, you've prepped well there. But when we spoke last time, you were saying that mentally, you didn't really know how to prepare. You just went all in and did everything huh? you could physically. But mentally, yeah, you, you didn't know what you're about to face, and and how was it mentally? Well, it's just because my mindset was not was not a, 
a word in my vocabulary that I hadn't even, hadn't even heard of mindset. So it was just a case of, oh, you know, you, you just, it's not something that you sort of think of when you just, all you think of the physical aspect. So, I mean, I think the sheer excitement of doing this carried me if you do my training into the event, um, it was, uh, I mean, it was awesome. It, it, everyone just goes off and you're there, you're high, you're drilling, going, it's fantastic. Uh, physically, I was great. I felt that good going over the top um, along the ridge and then heading down to the Iris Burn uh, checkpoints, 8, 8K or so, through a lot of switchbacks downhill. And I belted it down, I think, feeling absolutely fantastic. Absolutely hammered it down and stopped the checkpoint. For a bit of water and a, a bit of food and then went to move off again my quads just were in agony it was case the last 20k uh that was when i would have, could have done with some some modern day mental strategies because it was it's through the forest it's beautiful but 20k of just undulating trail where everything seems the same and your quads are knackered it was pretty I, I remember i was pretty i was pretty sort of beat up and, and down in a way but the last 5k you can hear the sound carried from the finish and, Last UK, you could hear people coming into the finish and, uh, and the crowds and stuff. And it was, uh, you know, it was that really spurred me on. But definitely, that, that last 20K was tough mentally. Um, definitely, some strategy would have helped. Yeah, I remember you saying we all have 40% more in us. You just need to yes. unlock it. And yeah, when you can hear the finish at the end, I think that helps to get the 40% out, don't you? It does, definitely. I mean, it, that's, you know, that's one of those things. And, uh, I think there's lots of strategies. I mean, NLP can uh, can help. Neuro linguistic programming can definitely help with, with accessing that forty percent. Um, and you know, I sort of that, that just that gave me that extra bit shot of adrenaline hearing that finish and you know, and a sprint finish on on that quads. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that can help. Yeah. And how would you say your mindset has changed now? Um, you've gone on to do thousands and thousands and thousands of competitive events and we worked out didn't we that during competition you've done 1418 kilometers of competition how has that changed throughout those years um i think it, it changes i mean back then i was i was i was kind of single back then and um there wasn't you know it was pretty pretty settled in the landscaping it was, it was my dream job and everything was going really well and, and I suppose things change. Um, things get busier, you know, you move and but I think the 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 passion's still there. It's always gonna be there. But you tend to sort of after an event, you tend to forget how tough things were. And you, you, you sort of towards the end of it, you're just like, I'm never doing this again. Then next day, after you you're signing up for your next one. But um you kind of learn and through experience as well, and and some of the stuff I've learned as well, strategies is, is how to access that, 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 that better mindset. Because um, we all get highs and lows and ultras. It's, it's kind of a mini a mini analogy, analogy for life. You know, you, you start off, you get your highs, your lows, your good spots, your bad spots. A bit like life, it all in compression to an ultra. But just learning things to help you on your way. I mean, you know. Um, for example, um, things like uh, if your mind's yeah, you know, you're feeling a bit of a, a bit of a low spot, and your mind starts sort of wandering. You can you can start breath counting. For example, um, I do two sharp inhales with the nose and then an exhale through the mouth. Um, that takes your mind away um, uh, from the negative aspect that you're thinking of. Um, 
can also uh, that, that uh, those two sharp inhales actually inflate your alveoli and your lungs, the, the lower, real low ones, and give them a, so you get that extra bit of oxygen as well. Um, things like as well, like affirmations, positive affirmations. Um, one I like to say is, uh, my heart is strong, my mind is strong, my body is strong. Just keep repeating that over and over and over. Um, because you actually, you know, the more you say it, the more you believe it. Uh, that can definitely help you. Um, accessing your cookie jar or your previous uh, achievements and successes is another one to use. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're remembering everything you've done and everything you can do. You know you're capable of it. Um, uh, other things as well. I mean, thing when you might feel um, anger, for example. Um, you're a bit, you're a bit down because it's hammering down rain. You're tired. Oh, you don't want this rain. This is really turned down. Why is this happening? You can turn anger into, you can change that emotion to clarity and determination. Uh, a fear you can change into alertness and eagerness, and even doubt you can turn into curiosity and excitement. So it's just about transfer, transforming those emotions into things that can help you. Um, these low spots, I mean, you kind of almost want them in a way because. You can't, you, it will give you that extra boost if you, you use the right strategies to get you through. Whereas, if you, you know, no one, I think, not many people will ever have, even the elites will have a, a race where they're happy and smiley and, uh, and feel, feel energy the whole way through. So, yeah, I think, I think definitely, you know, having, having the experience and just learning as well is um, it, it definitely the mind has helped the mindset over the years, definitely. That's just uh, incredible that you have the ability to, to change the mindset because every sports person I speak to and I still don't think I've had someone oppose this it is almost 50% physical elite sport and 50% mental because I was chatting to uh, to Richie again Richie live at the surfer and we were saying there's 7 billion people on this earth there are so many people that have the physical tools to compete in elite level sport or do these ultras or be a world surfer or do base jumping or be a bobsleigh or whatever, which are the guests that I've had. But it takes the elite mentality and the mentality to have that tenacity and that deep down desire that separates the good from the great. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I can give a perfect example. Um, is, is Richard McCaw, um, who was obviously captain of the All Blacks. When he was uh, a wee lad, his dad asked him to write on a napkin, what do you want to be? And he wrote G-A-B, Greatest All Black. Now he was um, never the fastest, the strongest, the most talented. He had to work nonstop um, through his life to get to the point where he was, he ended up winning two World, two World Cups with the All Blacks and becoming the Greatest All Black. Um, his mindset was just, uh, he was, had, that total focus, you know, that was it. That was his stub minus to be to you get to that point to be what he wanted to be. Um, you know, and, and that took you know, obviously that's what his passion was. And that's all in us, but we sort of tend to, you know, a lot of us get get waylaid in life by different things. Um, you know, we can't all be great in that way. Um, um but we can do our own, as, as we discussed earlier, we can do things our way, but yeah, it's uh. Is having that 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 mindset to, to you know to get to that point you know, to, to be where you want to be and it, it's definitely the crucial thing definitely. and then your ability to change your emotions i think is a superpower and when we talk about how important mentality is if you can actually manipulate and change your emotions during a race as well 
I think that is one of the best skills you can have. I think that's almost as good as elite fitness because so many people would fear the feelings of anger and doubt. But the fact that you embrace them and almost encourage them, you said, I think is crazy because so few people would have the ability to do that because if you have the ability to do that, you can only create positive outcomes from negative situations. And if you can do that in life, let alone just running, you're in, you're on the right track. It's, I think it's, it's, there's a warrior in all of us, you know, part of my, my, my business, my, my company, Ultra Warrior Fitness is unleashing your inner warrior. And it's about unleashing, not, not, not the, uh, the sort that is down the pub after 10 pints, but I mean, um, it's, it's, it's unleashing the passion in yourself, determination um, that we've all got inside of us. For some reason, you know, it, it, our society tends to kind of sort of put us into like the, the sheep mentality. Um, so, yeah, no, that's all, that's all in us, the, the warrior spirit. Um, but it's also a case of uh, being aware. So if you can be aware of your emotions, awareness is one of those things that is hard because you almost need to be conscious to be to be aware as in conscious of your awareness but it's that's a very difficult thing to do because it's not like if you could turn it on and off which takes practice that's great but i think it just take, take one small thing um usually something like meditation or mindfulness can help you be aware um and you can uh change you know from that emotion to one that you want to do but it does take awareness and that takes that takes practice but it's it's having those emotions come up is to me it is that's the chance of a fight there's the battle um it's not the fact that you've still got that hill to climb it's the fact that you've now got to get rid of the fear and the anger or the confusion or the dread that's in your head and convert that into a an energy that's you know, positive energy that can get you over that barrier and over that hurdle and, on, and onwards because with ultra running as well, obviously it's a competition in the sense that there's other people racing, but really in an ultra, no one really cares about the time. It's a, it's a bonus if you get a good time, but it's it's the completion of the ultra and unleashing that inner warrior. And the fact that the competition is just finishing the event and the, the fact that those around you are obviously going for the same thing and the secondary objective will be the good time, but the fact that it's all about completion of the race just shows that it's you against you. It's you versus the distance, the terrain, the weather. And everyone says your worst enemy is yourself. And if you can beat yourself and you can beat those negative emotions and those bad thoughts, then you're invincible. It's, it's yeah, it's right. It's, there's um, got the ego or the chimp your brain that's, that's that's the thing you've got to overcome it's it's the one that's it's the little voice that's saying that you're wet you're cold uh check coming up you can you can quit there you can, you know, you've done well you know? so um you know it's overcoming that voice because you know the chimp chimp is it's a part of our brain that it's not it's not good or bad it's the emotional part of our brain that wants to keep us safe so if we're getting out of our comfort zone in anything in life whether it be you know doing a, um, a live show or a podcast or, or a, um, an event, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't want you to get, it doesn't, it doesn't like the unknown. So if you're going into the unknown out of your comfort zone, the chimp doesn't like that, it doesn't know it, it wants to keep you safe. So that's why a lot of people don't, you know, they sit in the laurels, they don't, they don't get out of the comfort zone and achieve their goals. Um, 
if you can overcome that, which is quite hard because the chimp's five times stronger than your your, con uh, your conscious brain, then you're onto a winner. And then you know that's that's what a lot of these mindset strategies can do. They can help you put that chimp back in its cage and uh, and it can get on with it. But um, it, it's it's overcoming that that, 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 that the primal sort of our brain that wants to keep us safe. Um, is the key thing I think in, in ultras and anything in life really, anything where you're getting out of your comfort zone, you feel a bit of fear. It's overcoming that chimp. How long did it take you to train that chimp? Oh, I don't know. You can never. I think you can never train your chimp. You've, it's, it's, you've got to learn to work with it. Um, the voice, you've just you've got to be aware that sometimes voice in the head, it will be telling you not to do something, to do not to do something. You're thinking it's like in the back door. It's kind of sneaky. You're thinking that's your thought, but it's not. It's the chimp's thought. You can be aware. Hang on. No, actually, no, no, I'm not going to finish this checkpoint. This wee niggle in my knee, hands I can't feel, um, the tiredness. Well, hang on, I can still go for another few hours. And if I can go for a few more hours, I've finished. I'm done. A few more hours out of my whole life. You know? A few more hours of pain, discomfort, really, to get the, that achievement, whereas quitting now to get nothing. So if you can, if you can overcome that just by using a few, you know, a few strategies, then you're onto a winner, but it's, you're just going to be aware that the chimp will do everything it can to want you to quit. Just like it did in the Jurassic Coast in the first one. You know, it, was, it was a pretty lame excuse for the finish. Um, uh, but it, it won that day, um, but it did come back and finish the Jurassic again. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just, again, it's training. It's just being aware of that voice in your head that wants you to quit. Just be aware of it and then learn we strategies, which, which the NLP and things like that can help. What does the NLP stand for? Oh, so it's neuro linguistic programming, and that's the um, and that's the 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 changing of emotions. Yeah, so basically, it's it's the study of subjective experience. Uh, it's how we think, communicate with ourselves and others, and how we can use various these various techniques and strategies to help ourselves and others. Because um, uh, we all see the world through our own different lenses. Um, but these lenses are not truth. Uh, in other words, like the map is not the territory. So, you know, the way we see that our beliefs in life um, are not necessarily the truth. They're just our beliefs, which have been conditioned um, from birth, pretty much, um, you know, through parents, school, society. Um, but they can result in actions uh, that become habit, actions and reactions that become habit, which are not necessarily good. Um, so just like training your body for a race, you can train your mind also. So with awareness and practice, we can train our brain to see those situations differently. Uh, just like going to the gym, using various techniques and strategies, NLP and intentional control, that's another word for mindfulness, uh, can help to create better, more productive habits and reactions and strengthen the mind. There's all sorts of techniques where you can focus on the emotion or situation you don't want, you can, you can shrink it, you less of its impact and swipe it with a another vision of the, the outcome you do want uh, in all its color all its noise all its, all its vibrancy and doing like that just like practicing practicing that just like going to gym working with your biceps or your quads if you practice that you're then training your brain like training your muscles um, and it, again it's, it's it's just another tool to use um 
in situations when you, you, you want to overcome that barrier and you want to you know, quieten the chimp in your brain. It all sounds excellent. And it's something that is not really spoken about, really, um, which is good while I'm doing this podcast. I mean, I was raising awareness for extreme sports, but we have a big focus on mentality here at Hurdles. And if you're maybe being trained by by someone, say, for this example, in a rugby academy, they'll make sure you go, right, Monday we're practising your skills, Tuesday we're in the gym, Wednesday we're doing cardio, Thursday we've got training again, Friday you're in the gym, Saturday is game day, Sunday rest and recover your body. Not at any point, really, if you're in a rugby academy, are they saying, right, Monday we've got mental day, Tuesday we've got NLP day, Wednesday, Thursday is physical, Friday's a bit of both, Saturday game time. Because as all of us have discussed, it is 50-50 mentality and physicality. And, and don't get me wrong, you have to have that physical level to be elite. That, that's, the, that's the minimum. But if you can train that chimp and you can develop that mindset, then you really will be elite. Absolutely. I, I think it's crazy that um, I'm sure some teams, uh, top teams do have some sort of mental strategies. Um, they must do. I mean, to me, it's crazy that they wouldn't do. Um, you know, I mean, for example, Richie McCaw on the pitch would always never, ever, he would never show that he was tired. So his strategy for, for himself and, and which was the opposition was to always stand tall that he was full of energy and he'd say the same for his team members as well um, another guy Steve Gurney who was um, a renowned adventure racer around the world back in the uh, 90s in New Zealand um, he did the coast to coast which is across um, from the west coast across the Christchurch you, you run kayak bike um, this mountain running uh, road biking mountain biking and kayaking the last leg was always a road bike into Christchurch, and it was pretty flat. The wind was always in your face, um, and he always struggled with that. And this, and then he did NLP. I mean, this is way back. And they used a strategy where, basically, you're you're focusing on the um, the emotion you want, the energy you want. So, in doing focusing on the energy you want, as opposed to the energy you don't want, it's almost like you know, swishing. What I was talking about earlier, swishing the different emotions, uh, the different uh, uh, visions and scenarios. He was able to invoke that emotion in his body when he got that emotion of absolute sheer energy and you know, um, excitement. He, was, he felt like Superman. He could do that. He would flick an elastic band on his wrist. So he was teaching the brain that when that, that feeling of elastic band was associated with that emotion. So when he got to the bike section, last session he'd, he'd flick the band on his wrist and that would suddenly that would put him into that superman mode and he would end up absolutely flying that last section and went on to win nine coast to coast so it's amazing what you can do with the power of the rain we talk we talk about that 40 percent more um just by switching those emotions around you can really overcome any of these things which are going to give you you know any of these things anger fear doubt they're all going to give you less energy and it's not going to want you yet, but just flicking to that emotion made him feel like Superman and he went on to do nine, nine coast to coast. It's brilliant. Brilliant what you can do. It's fantastic. And there's the cliche of, oh, I'm going to flick a switch and I'm going to bring out that next level or I'm going to bring out that red mist in rugby or I'm going to bring on that final sprint. And if you have your 
mentality and your mental game locked down, you can literally flick an elastic band, which is the metaphorical switch, and turn on another yeah. level. And I think that's just remarkable that he was absolutely finished at that point. He had nothing left yeah. in the tank. He managed to flick his mental switch and unlock that 40% more that, as you said, we all have in us. We just need to find a way of unleashing it. Elite teams do have mental strategists and stuff, but the balance that we talk about there is 50-50 between mentality and physicality. It's nowhere near valued at that level yet. It's probably 95% physical and 5% mental in there. But everyone that achieves elite things like yourself and the other guests I've had on have had like an inner why that motivates them to achieve and motivates them to push themselves to the limit. What would be your inspiration or your why as such? I suppose, um, anyway, it's just, it's just trying to, to, to realise my full potential. Um, there's a, uh, um, a wee story I heard um, a few years ago. Um, and it's, it's just basically, imagine you're on your deathbed and around you, you know, all the dreams and goals that you never realised. They're saying to you, we came to you you know, you, we came to you and you had the chance to realise these dreams and goals. And now we're going to die with you. And that kind of sort of, that, that really hit me. Um, it's something sort of, uh, uh, I, I sort of used you know, today you know, for, for races, because if you, if you do, if, you, if you're there and you're on your deathbed and you're going to, all these dreams you haven't realised, you only get one crack at life. You know, you're not going, but you can't, you can't rewind and do it again. So, if these dreams come to you, then you, I think it's 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 you know it's, it's up to you to, to fulfil them. If the opportunity's there, there's, there's there's people give the excuses, well, I haven't got the resources, um, I haven't got the money, I haven't got the time, but the resources are all in here. There is this. You start, you can get those re, you, you you can get those resources going. You you can access them. You don't need money to start. You just need to make a start. Once you start money might flow. Yeah, there's all sorts of things you can do. Um, so in a way, kind of that, that vision inspires me to sort of get out and do, do these things. Um, I have an amazing wife who supports me on all my endeavours. Um, she's fantastic. You know, and she's now, she completed her first ultra last year. Um, and she's now doing another ultra um, in two weeks on the South Coast of England. I'm doing, uh, doing one as well. And um, you know, that, that inspires me too, because the fact that I inspired her and then she's doing it, that inspires me because it's, um, she's getting, you know, she's realising her dreams too. Um, and I, I, I just love seeing that. And the same with my son, you know, he's a, he's a really active lad. We never wanted him to be part of the PlayStation generation. We wanted to get out and do stuff. He's a great mountain biker. Seeing people change their lives, want to change their life, I think it's fantastic. It's um. It's, I don't know, it's, it makes you feel good in the heart because these people are, you know, are realising there's more to life than just sort of a, the fancy car, the big house and, and, and Netflix, you know. So to get out and actually do these things, that, 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 that inspires me. Definitely. It's a great bit of inspiration and I really like the, your viewpoint on realising your full potential and everyone's potentials are at, at different stages and different heights and different achievements, but we do have to do our best to achieve what is our best. And I also think a lot of people in this generation, I think due to social media, 
don't realize what their full potential is because they follow people on social media who have reached their potential or or at least creating a facade that they have created their or have made their full potential. And I think it it puts a bit of a dampener on people's everyday lives when they're scrolling through Instagram and you've got people in in the Maldives and they're YouTubers that have made a success and, and realized their potential and maybe discourage people. But I think that I completely agree with you and I think that everybody has got a level of potential and I also think that the level of potential that they have is higher than what they think it is and we've all got these opportunities in life as as you've also said especially those that have been listening to this podcast because not only have they well they're listening because they want motivation and, and insight into extreme sports but they also have if, if they're listening to this podcast, they must have a privileged life. They've either got a laptop or a phone or... Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're all dealt with certain cards in life and the fact that we've been dealt with cards where we can listen to these podcasts and we can access motivation and I just think that the potential is endless and we all have to strive towards that in life for greatness. Definitely, I think you know. You think you talk about social media. We we see these these lives that people have, um, but we just have to remember that they're snapshots of them being happy and successful. But we don't know what's going on behind that snapshot. So, you know, we're, we we just got to realize we're all on different chapters in life. We sh- you shouldn't really aspire to be the same as someone. I mean, we can use them as inspiration, but you know, um, we're all on different chapters. So if if, if Mr. Blogs down the road, he's 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 doing more ultras than me, and he's doing better results. You know, that's um, you know, we can't just look at that and get down about it and think, well, why, why am I bothering? You just gotta remember we're all on different chapters, we all have our own different goals. Um, and it's about yourself as opposed to sort of competing against Mr. Blogs down the road. But uh, yeah, it's um we we have we all we all do sit on mountains of potential. It's just just you know, just try it's make, it goes back to just making a start. Just make a start on your goal and just keep taking those steps. Yeah, and uh, you made your start with the the Kepler Challenge, the sixty k. Yeah, which, exactly. um, yeah. It's a it's a hell of a hell of a start point sixty k, but you then went on to achieve to achieve so many great things, and it's a uh, it's eight hundred and eighty one miles as well. By the way, uh, converted it. Oh, there you go. Your, uh... <laughs> Brilliant. But one of them was a one hundred miler, and you took it step by step by step until you reach the inaugural Snowden Ultra, which just sounds crazy. So through the Welsh Hills and 100 miles, you completed it and you're one of just 12 finishes. How was that? Can you explain a bit more about that, please? That was, uh, again, that's one of those events that was, uh, um, I was incredibly excited about. It was because when I spotted it, it was a dream event for me. Um, just a... Uh, uh, 100 miles through through the Welsh mountains, including all pretty much the highest peaks. Um, and yeah, I, I mean the training had gone fantastic. Um, it was a it was a, a very early morning start, so it was starting in the dark, and we're all off with our head torches. Um, and I, the first 50 miles, I had, I had so much energy; it was fantastic. Um, you're going up Snowdon, um, you're going up the fan, you're going up, uh, across the gliders, um, down to Devil's Kitchen. 
that sounds ominous. It was pretty hairy going down into it. And then there was this um, steep climb up the other side. Um, going into night then, um, it was fantastic. I felt really good. We, a few of us got lost over the top. The fog had come in. You couldn't spot the markers, but we sort of found our way down to the checkpoint. And then on to, to the halfway checkpoint, which is at the start. And um, having some food. Um, I think they provide some baked beans and toast, which is probably about the best tasting baked beans and toast I've ever had. Um, and there were some people in there who had quit. They were finishing and they had their blankets around them and all sorts. And I changed my socks and trainers and put top on. And, and off I went again. It was uh, an hour or so after that that I started to feel pretty pretty down and tired. And the doubt started creeping in. Um, I remember speaking, I spoke to my wife at the time and, and she said, just, just keep going, take it a step at a time and just, you know, get to the next, next checkpoint, you know, see how you feel. You know? I was like, you know, that's cool, that's cool. I'll, uh, yeah, just keep going. So it was a lovely, it was a lovely Sunday morning and uh, I got to the next checkpoint. I was the only one, I hadn't seen anyone all that morning. And I was pretty sort of thinking, oh, you know, I'm pretty tired now. Uh, I'll have a coffee. And I said, oh, good on you. You're 17th. Hey, yeah, you're 17. Oh. And that was just, that was one of those moments, just like hearing the finish of the Keplo, that was like, wow, here we go. Fantastic. That was just sort of the info I needed with the coffee as well, the really caffeine kick. Uh, I said to myself, right, I'm going to finish this. Because 65 had started. I, mean, I think there was over, over 100 had entered, but on the various um, sort of recce days, people had pulled out, knowing how tough it was going to be. Um, so 65 starts in the day. And to learn, I think I, learn I was 17, I, I had no idea how many had pulled out. Um, I thought, well, no, I'm going to do this now. You know, okay, I'm, I'm well ahead of the cutoff points, uh, time, so I'm going to do it. And it was great. It was uh, the second half was, was pretty slow going. There was a, it, it, was, it got pretty cold. There was some, some pretty atrocious weather. Um, but seeing things like... Um, just seeing things like rainbows in the mountains and, and just the scenery. And you've, it's those times that you, you, you bring out the intentional control. So you say, to, you say mindfulness to athletes and uh, they tend to sort of zone out. It's all a bit too focused, focus, you know, listening. But if you call it attentional control, then they'll listen more. Um, and that's where you bring in your attentional control. So you, you, you focus your attention on different things as opposed to what's going on in your head. And, Fear, doubt, and anger, whatever it is. Um, and I remember I was going down one of the tracks next to a lake, but the track was fed to a river. There was hail coming in. Um, I was cold. Uh, I got to the end of the lake and still miles from anywhere. And there was a, a mountain biker. She'd just come up over the top and just have a, have a conversation with her. It was fantastic because it was, what else would you be doing on a Sunday morning? <laughs> And she was fantastic. She was heading out into more into the wilderness where, where I'd come from, all happy and chirpy. And I thought, this is awesome. You know, this, this is the way to be. And it's another one of those moments, you know, sometimes are these moments sent to you or are they there for coincidence? Who knows, you know, but it was, uh, yeah, it was great going, going down to the next checkpoint. It was boggy, it was up to my knees, it was wet. And, but I got there and um, it, it got a bit easier there uh, with, with some track. But uh, going to the next night was, uh, was pretty pretty hairy or obvious sleep deprivation was kicking in and uh um i remember going through uh through the forest again it was like the track was more like a river um you could hardly see it at times with the overgrowth um there was 
particular tree roots uh, and no trainers grip the tree roots. It's, it's ridiculous, you're slipping and sliding everywhere. And uh, I was walking along, I got past the tree roots and then I absolutely jumped out my skin because a man jumped out the lake at me. I absolutely, absolutely bricked it. Um, but it wasn't a man, it was me hallucinating. It was basically a strategically placed bush. The wind had blown a wave in. And because of my, my lack of sleep, there was, there was a bit of hallucination there. And I thought it was a man jumping out of the lake at me. And that kind of almost re pushed the reset button. So the more the anger I was feeling from the tree roots, do nothing about it anyway. You know, kind of slipping and sliding everywhere. And that completely reset situation um, and brought me back to the moment. Um, and off we went again, and that was, I didn't have any more hallucinations stuff that, but it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, the last few, you know, the last, last few miles were definitely tough. My, my, my head torch died as I was entering the, the, the pitch towards the finish. So it was another one of those moments. It didn't die earlier in the pitch black. It died just as we were heading towards the finish. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was an epic, an epic 41 hours. I had absolutely everything in it, everything you could ever think of. I had in it. It was, it was just just mental, but but uh, a great achievement. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's an achievement that you can you can boast for life. Yeah, and the hallucinations are are crazy. I mean, forty one hours with no sleep is is mind boggling. People get demons and hallucinations with forty one. If you spend forty one hours without sleeping. But you did this while constantly exerting energy over a hundred miles. I'm not surprised you saw the hallucinations. And I remember the the previous chat we had, and, and you said it again, the fact that the hallucination allowed you to hit restart and it spiked you up and almost zapped you back into life. But I think if that were to happen to me or a lot of other people, I think that would freak me out to the point where I'd be overwhelmed with the negative emotions and think what state must my body be in if my brain is thinking these things and making these things. And I think that that would put such a negative twist on me. And I would just, I'd just keep reinforcing myself by saying I need to stop here because I'm clearly not in the good frame of mind, but the fact that you managed to manipulate your emotion to allow you to hit reset at a time where you were really, really struggling. It's so powerful. It, it is. I think. I think you've, you've. Again, it comes down to that fear thing. Is if you fear the, the things like hallucinations, then when it does come, and if you're out long enough, it will. Then you're going to look at it as a bad, as bad. But if, if you're not fearing it, if you're seeing, as I said, if, you, if you're converting that fear to alertness and eagerness, which is pretty much what I did. You know, you're uh, suddenly. Um, you know, rather than fearing it, you're being alert to it. So the fact I was quite looking forward to the hallucinations. I thought, well, when am I going to get them? Well, this is going to be quite good fun because you just don't know. You hear about ultra running together and having a you know dream. I mean, more extreme than I did. They've been out for a lot longer. You know, doing tour de Géant or something, um, which is non-stop. You know, non-stop three hundred and eighty kilometer event, non-stop. So. Um, you, you know, I was kind of like, I wonder what's going to happen. What, what am I going to, what am I going to see? What am I going to experience? You know, it's kind of, I was kind of, kind of in a way, sort of look because the unknown is quite, quite, quite exciting in a way. You know, if you fear the unknown, then we'll, we'll never go into it. But 
if you if you sort of look forward to it, then you sort of you can you can deal with it. So it was quite it was quite it was quite that's quite quite interesting, guys. <laughs> That's that positive mental attitude again that we keep on, keep yeah. on going back to. And yeah. I'm sure that yeah. you put a lot of your successes down to it. And it's all about perception. And if you can change that perception and view negatives as a positive, then we keep going back and saying it's so powerful, but it is. It's, it's just a skill that so few have. And if you can master yeah. it like you've done, the opportunities are endless. Yeah. And but, uh, yeah. And one thing I wanted to talk about before we go on to the final tips that you'd give people is uh, the dragon's back race. And mm. we've spoken about this and that was another extreme ultra. And you'll obviously be able to go into a bit more detail about this, but due to a few reasons, you were, you were disqualified and you still carried on the race despite uh, disqualification. And that mindset of having a moment of adversity like that and being disqualified and your chimpers, not intentionally, but your chimpers won. You can go back to the B&B and wrap up in a blanket and have some beans on toast and a pint in front of the fire and you can wrap up warm, but you were aware that my chimp might win here and you didn't let it and you carried on doing most of the race despite disqualification, despite the fact that it wouldn't have counted. That's just incredible again. So what happened What happened there? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean again, this has been a dream event. I've been on my bucket list for a very long time. Um, and I had, just due to COVID, I think, Cape Rat, what I was supposed to be doing, which is that they're in their sort of equivalent in Scotland, but hasn't got team elevation. Um, I, I just converted the Cape Rat to the Dragon's Back. So here we go. And... Uh, you know, I mean, day one went fantastic. It was, it was just under 13 hours out in the mountains in the sun, uh, epically hot day. Um, but it went, went absolutely to plan because it got in before dark and I felt great. Um, next day was just was sort of, yeah, a bit tired getting up, but you know, you're expecting that. Um, but I left 45 minutes late. So I was uh, faffing around with my kit and got a chance to eat breakfast. Um, and uh, I, I missed cut off by the, the, the midpoint cut off by 10 minutes and this is due to I mean it sounds a bit cliched cliched but uh, I didn't have the eye of the tiger I I, I didn't have my focus um I, I was enjoying it so much um I would keep an eye on my on my timings on my pace um it was a hot day so we'd slowed down a wee bit but I was still more than capable of reaching that cut off but again I was just sort of you know, yeah, dauntering along thinking oh, this is great it's great fun and I wasn't to complete an event like that, because only 90 completed that 400, you, you need to put on your game. You know, you need to have that focus. And I'd lost that a wee bit. And uh, so it wasn't the, the, that dragon defeat. The dragon just slipped the away. <laughs> you, you can't be following. Where's your focus? So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it was, that was pretty tough. And I, I had my, my wee pity party at the checkpoint. I went off to the, to the river to, to soak my feet and legs. And, and sort of, I did shed a few tears and thought, I can't believe all this, all this time and effort I put in and the cost and all the support my wife has given me and the encouragement my son had given me and everything and uh, everyone else. And, uh, I, I'm not going to go away with that dragon now, but I thought, right, now I'm going to come back tomorrow because you're not allowed to continue off that for safety reasons. So I'll come back tomorrow. You've got the bus back to the, uh, the camp, come back and I'll do the full next day and just take it from there. So I did the full next day and that was great. I felt fantastic. 
Um, but I did what I didn't want to do was go back after that without a dragon, do completely the whole week and have to be absolutely spent because you know, what, you know, how I felt afterwards um, and what people talk about doing these events is uh, it, it completely changes your your sort of your your emotions. So I wasn't going to completely waste myself. So I ended up doing half. So the full day three, I did half day four, half day five, and then the full 60K back into Cardiff on day six, which, which is pretty epic. So, I mean, I was to me, it was a, a personal best. I did just under 200 miles in one week through the mountains as well. So it's, uh, you, you, I think you've, you know, you've got to look at the positive aspects and what you learned. A lot of, there's a big thing on Facebook about failure on the Dragon's Book Facebook page about, oh, people failed. And I, I just don't believe in that word failure. Um, in NLP, there's no such thing as failure, only outcomes. Um, and if you're learning, the outcome for that was I learned. I learned a lot from that. Physically, physically I was fine. I had, I had no injuries, no niggles. But I just need to focus, spend some time on, on the focus. And, and uh, we all have this, this you know, thing in society where what is success? Success is fancy car, a big house, job, and a bank account. But um, we, you know, to me, I, you know, obviously you failed that. I didn't fail it. I learned a lot from that. Um, so if you're learning, that's progress, isn't it? That can't be failure. So, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I take my hat off again to carrying on because you've now learned so much from that now. And you've learned what you're capable of. You learned what you need to do for next time. And you're going to go back and do it again, as you said. Um, but even the small things like making sure your kit's in order and making sure you may be like, having a chat or sorting the, the minor things out once you're fully ready. Even the small things like that, you learn and you'll never make those mistakes again. So I agree in the fact that you can't fail because next time, if for whatever reason you do fail, you will ensure it's not because miss kit or missing the checkpoint, just not throughout, not through your incapability, but your focus and, yeah, your focus now with your mindset will probably be one of your strong points. Oh, definitely. No, yeah, it's, it's something now you're going to look at. I mean, the event coming up in a couple of weeks, you know, I'm really focusing on my timings for that and the checkpoints and everything for that as well. But, um, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a case of looking at, you know, uh, looking at what did go wrong with the focus. But there's, um, I came up with the three R's to basically, you know, to analyse when you when you haven't succeeded in the way you wanted to, um, so basically you, you reconsolidate. So you, you stop the internal dialogue, dialogue, the constant ego-led analysis and criticism that brings us back from the now and sort of breathing exercises and meditation. You're clearing the slate basically. Then you regroup and reorganise. So you look at where you want to go, look at what you did, what needs tweaking, uh, what didn't work. Um, I like to make like three columns on a piece of paper and, and write down those. Um, you know, as soon as you can after the event. And make a plan and then you restart you focus on your goal focus focus on your goal what you can do not what you did um, be disciplined but flexible and open to changes um because i mentioned earlier we've all got the resources to start our goals and uh you know get that start going take it step by step and uh, you'll get to your get to your goal i think that's absolutely brilliant and a life lesson that we can all learn from and and live and yeah you've uh you've definitely inspired me here and definitely inspired others. And I love the fact that you stress mentality because on hurdles, we put a real emphasis on it. And as I've said, every single elite sportsman 
says that mentality is huge and a massive reason why they're where they are. And each one of those sports people have an elite mindset. If you were to give one tip to someone looking to achieve greatness, what would that tip be? That'll be don't give up. It's um, I, I, I've got this um, A4 piece of paper that my son he wrote on, on a pen. Don't give up. Um, on, on my notice board before the dragon's back, he wrote it. And, uh, so I'd say to people, just, just seriously, just do not give up. It's keep taking those steps, and you will get there. It's the old analogy. Isn't it? If you want to get across the desert, you keep taking, you walk across, you keep taking steps. You stop, you're just going to dehydrate and die. Um, so you know, we we all have the power to change ourselves. It's, it's only us that can do it. You know, we, 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 we are all, most of us sort of look for that, that one person or event, magical event that will change us and come along and rescue us into, to our goal. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen. The only way to do it is, is hard work and discipline. Keep moving forward and don't give up. It's, it's, it's really is that simple. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Marcus. I'll um, yeah. put your website in, in the description below. So that if people want to get some uh, some more tips, they can definitely contact you and, and see your content there. Yeah, no, of course, that's, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, Instagram or Facebook. I haven't got a website as such yet. But, uh, yeah, Instagram fine. or Facebook, fantastic, brilliant. Marcus, you've been an absolute pleasure. Right. Thank you very much for sharing your uh, elite mindset tips. No, thank you, Ollie. That's brilliant. It's been a pleasure as well. Well, I've enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. For the second time. <laughs> good to All speak right. to you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And you, I will do. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Cheers. See you later. Bye bye. What a great episode. The power of the mind is truly sensational. I've linked Marcus's Ultra Warrior Fitness social media in the description, so make sure to check it out. I really hope you've enjoyed this Extreme Sports mini-series. Once again, don't forget to follow Hurdles on At Hurdles Podcast, and thank you so much for your support. Stay tuned for more content, and goodbye for now.